Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School Class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Those of you that were here uh, last week, I had mentioned something about possibly doing a series on uh, the origin of Scripture and so forth. And, well, just to be frank, I got home, I was talking to my wife about what we were going to, you know, what I was thinking of doing for the next, next Sunday. And she's like, oh, so you, you talked about, you know, uh, Christians getting, uh, talking and working with each other and that the most important thing was communication, but... You really just didn't address, you know, like what the communication should be like. So you just kind of left them hanging. I'm like, okay, Lord, you're speaking through my wife again. And <laughs> so, um, so I, I went through and I put together some things. And, and um, <clears throat> wow, it was a convicting week. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, um, and, and frankly, I just uh, kind of came to the conclusion that um, I'm not the one to speak on this subject, okay? So we're going to be looking at a whole bunch of scripture. And, and I thought, well, I could pass it all out and give it to everybody and read and so forth and, and, and all. But I, I think I'm just going to put them up on, this, uh, on the screen, and I'm going to have some of you read them and, and that type of thing. Uh, we'll just see how that all rolls and so forth. But uh, this is kind of Christian Communication 101. And... If I have my copy of the notes with my notes on them, that would be fabulous. All right, great. Okay. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to start out here uh, giving you kind of the, the number one scripture. It's, it's right on your handout. It's the first one there. Uh, you have everything that we, kind of the outline that we talked about from last week, uh, one of the primary scriptures there. So starting under the section this week, let's look at James. This is, this is really telling, okay? Uh, so James is writing, uh, James the Apostle. So, so also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts great things. How great a forest uh, set ablaze by such a small fire, and the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. It's not looking very good for the tongue at this point, right? Okay. The tongue is set, uh, set among our members, stained, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. <clears throat> Just when you thought it couldn't get worse for the tongue, all right? For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea and creature, can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I, how do you think James feels about this? You, you know, I, I think he's leaving a little ambiguity there. You know, he's not really, uh, it, it's, about as, it's about as bad as it gets. 
And the fact of the matter is, is the tongue does nothing else but reveal what's in our own hearts. That's the long and the short of it. I wish, I wish this was a, 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 you know, a tricky little saying that I could use, some bumper sticker theology that all you want to go out and put on the back of your car. No, no, the tongue's just evil. And our hearts are, uh, are evil and desperately wicked, and they're saved by the grace of God. So that's where we're at in this whole thing. And I, I wanted to start there because, uh, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> one of the best, uh, most important things I've learned you know, in the last 20 years is just to shut up, and I look a lot smarter. Uh, right? Okay? So saying less is not a bad thing. All right? Because... The tongue is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can, who can tame it? Okay? So, so since the heart is what's, you know, and you'll see a number of different scriptures in this, you know, we need to do kind of a heart check first. Uh, and, I, and you'll see a lot of these are going to be the uh, English standard, standard version. This is a nice uh, English translation. It's a direct translation. Uh, one of the uh, authors was uh, uh, Jim's friend, Wayne Gruden. So, uh, so that's a, a nice tie in there and so forth, but I love the language that it uses. It's an accurate, solid translation. We'll talk more about that when we, when we do eventually talk about the origins of the scripture. All right, Matthew uh, 12, 34, and this is Jesus uh, speaking. He says, you brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So that's our whole thing is, you know, you wanna, you wanna, if, if what you're saying isn't creating, you know, a positive spiritual environment, you, you need to do a heart check because that's, where it's, that's, where, that's what the source is, okay? Looking at Luke, uh, the good person uh, out of good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure uh, produces evil, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Same, same quote of, uh, of Jesus, but a little bit more uh, detail related, as Luke almost always does. Okay, he's 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 the uh, the doctor. He's the long-winded one. Uh, if you look at the length of the chapter verses, you, you get that. Matthew again. It is not what goes out of the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles a person. This is all talking about whether you uh, who 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 had who made the uh, uh, sausage wrapped uh, with bacon. See, back in the Old Testament, no go uh, for the Jews. It was a no go. That's why we're under grace here because we can have sausage wrapped bacon, or bacon wrapped sausage. Either way, it's fine with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going. <laughs> Gracie, Gracie came home this week and, uh, and said, Dad, can I try this? I, I saw this on Facebook. I'm like, oh, no. Uh, she says, no, no. I, I, you cook bacon, and then you dip it in, in pancake batter, and then you cook it on the grill like it's a pancake. I'm like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> you had me at bacon. But anyway, so he was talking about you know, that, that's what they were talking about here is they were talking about the, um, the Levitical laws or the Old Testament laws that didn't allow them to eat certain foods. And, and, and Matthew is saying, look, it's not what goes in your mouth, but what, what comes out of it that defiles you. Okay? And so that's what we're talking about. So, um, again, I, I want to make sure that I'm really, really clear here. I am not the best person to be talking about this, but then again, maybe I am because I have the most experience with putting my foot in my mouth. So, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, if you've known me very long, I'm very direct. 
uh, I looked. I, I usually just say it as I see it, and and that's, you know, served me well at times, mostly not. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and and so you know, frankly, um, this has been a hard fought lesson for me, and um, not saying something has become some of the most spiritual things that I do. So, um, but what should Christian communication look like? Okay, what should it be like? And I'm going to ask some of you maybe for some examples. Now, only if you're willing. So raise your hand. Otherwise, I'm not calling on you. All right? So um, one of them is talk less, listen more. Anyone got an example of that? That's what we've kind of been talking I've been referencing a little bit. Okay. Uh, one of the things that you learn in biblical counseling is that you have to listen to the person who's on the other side of the table with you to really truly understand is God present in his life or her life or whatever the situation is so that you and also the thing that you have to understand is that the wonderful counselor needs to be present in Hmm. that whole process right so the what comes out of that to me as a counselor is the fact that if I don't understand that I have I must have the wonderful counselor with me present in the counseling room it also applies to everything in life. If I'm with someone else, then that applies. But talking less, listening more, the way that applies is you got to listen first to hear what's going on before. And it's definitely the same way in the IT world where I live and breathe right now. Uh, if uh, when, when someone comes to me and says, the Internet's down, I'm like, the whole Internet? <laughs> What, what does Bill Gates say about this? You know, it, no, it, 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 that's their experience, and I have to dig in and ask a few more questions before I can figure out now that they, they turned their Wi-Fi off or, or something like that. You know, so let's see what, uh, in, in Proverbs, of course, you're going to go to the wisdom literature on, on, on a lot of this. Um, Even a fool who keeps silent is considered wise. When he closes his lips, he's deemed intelligent. Right here. This guy, okay? Um, you can go through a whole meeting and at the office or whatever like that, and the person talking in the front of the room, if you don't say anything, you're just as wise as everybody else sitting around that table. All right? You're in good company. All right? And James, he is, again, he has a lot to say. Anyone want to read this for us? Anyone? No. So, again, same thing. Talk less, listen more. Or in this case, listen more, talk less. Same, same concept. Okay? And then Proverbs again. Anyone else? Whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Okay. <clears throat> Boys, this is for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, when when I when when they ask you how does this dress make me look, you've got an opportunity for silence, or the right answer. <laughs> Either way, all right. Then, whoever restrains his words has knowledge, and who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Okay. Sound good. All right, same sort of thing out of the wisdom literature. And then Ecclesiastes, someone want to read this for me? 
prince has knowledge, and he who has a cool spirit is a man of understanding. Okay, oh, Ecclesiastes. Yep, yep. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven, and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business, and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pray what you vow. So, so let, let, and this is the whole concept of let your yea be yea, your nay be yea, uh, your nay be nay. And, you know, and it's essentially saying that <clears throat> when you go before God, I mean, when you go before man, if you restrain your words and be confident and slow and thoughtful, a few of the other verses we've been looking at, but, but it's even more so when it relates to God. So it steps it up a notch. So again, you know, being thoughtful, being, uh, you know, hearing what is being said. Um, one of the hardest things for me to do when I pray is to just listen. Just listen to what God has to say. Because I'm telling you, um, I'd rather be talking, uh, frankly. And, and that's just the way, the way it is, you know. I, and, and if it's quiet, I feel like it's just too... Uh, there's nothing going on here. You know, I'm kind of an action-oriented type person and so forth. So, all right. So let's look at next next group of scriptures, okay? And we came up with a term here, ditch the anger and whining, okay? All right? And, uh, yeah, this can happen in my household, uh, and it, I'm the source. Lower the tone. Try it. See what happens. Let's look at the scripture there. Proverbs 15, 1. A soft answer turns away rash, uh, wrath, but a harsh word stirs, it up, stirs up anger. Okay? All right. Now, I do have a few shining moments. All right? Um, and, and it's a little bit sarcastic, but uh, it, it, when, when, when things start to get more out of control, I have a habit of getting more and more calm. Okay? So I work at a school things can get pretty uncalm at moments, all right? And when, when everyone else is freaking out, the fire alarm's going off, and, and it wasn't a drill, all right? You know, everyone is, you know, <clears throat> calmly walking out. No, they're, 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 doing, they're doing pretty decent. But uh, for me, my natural reaction is to just get more and more calm. Now, sometimes it's because somebody else is completely freaking out about their computer. They lost their data or whatever like that. And I told them to back up, and they didn't. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, well, let's see what we can find. And, you know, it's almost heaping coals of fire on their head. But that's... Not, not all the time, but, um, but a soft answer turns away wrath, and a harsh word stirs up anger. All right, so imagine this. You have a, cla a full classroom of fifth grade boys, okay? And uh, they're all getting out of control, all right? Does a loud word always snap them into control? Sometimes. Most of the time, not. Most of the time, you're, you're just adding to the volume, right? So you, you have to, uh, you, uh, I, the teachers that I see, they have these signs. They, it's either the, the clap or class, class, and they say yes, yes, or something like that. They have a trigger word, you know, and 
those are the teachers that are completely in control. Me, I'm just, I'm going to go with volume, and that, this says that that's not always going to work or it doesn't work, okay? All right, <clears throat> don't incite conflict on purpose for, uh, for entertainment. Uh, this is a good one. Uh, a wrathful man stirs up strife, but he that is slow to anger appeases strife. Um, how many of you know someone that just enjoys conflict? Uh, yeah, I just heard that. <laughs> I heard everybody go, mm-hmm, right. You know someone who just enjoys it? Like, like they relish it. Like, if, uh, um, you, I see this a lot on Facebook, okay, that, that someone just, if, it's not, if everything's not falling apart, they're just not having a day that they enjoy. And they want to talk about it all falling apart. And, they, they, and, and, and I'm telling you, there's so many times where that, that, you know, they're just stirring the pot. They're just stirring it up and, and all. And that's not part of God's spiritual communication. It's not part of Christian communication or Christian, uh, uh, what we should be doing with our tongue. Okay? All right? Don't be a complainer. Same sort of thing. Do all things while grumbling or questioning. <clears throat> The people that you know, do you, do you know people that are just, they're just peacemakers? You know, they have the natural disposition among them. Anyone can think of an example of that? Anyone want to share one? Jack's an aunt, too, that's like that. Who's that? Has, I have an aunt that's like that. She yeah. has a calm spirit, and she's, you know, she's historically been the mediator, like when siblings were having issues, she would be the one that could step in and could talk calmly to both parties and bring, you know, reconciliation back. Isn't there almost always someone like that in a family? And God, it's like God, you know, uh, it's like God. Of course God knows. To put the, these, these people together, you know, and, and have someone that's that peacemaker. They walk in the room and everybody wants to kind of gravitate toward them. Uh, you know, uh, we've got one of those in our family. She's, you know, uh, off at college right now, but <laughs> uh, uh, she just, you know, when she, she wants everyone to get along, and, and that's, that's what we're talking about here, you know, doing things without, not that we need to always be that person, but, you know, uh, th this is what our goal is, you know, uh, and <clears throat> just, a, just a note here, um, silence works here, Right? Okay? Silence works here. Saying less. You know, so all these things, they, they intertwine. They work together there very well. Okay? All right. And then let's look at Proverbs, another wisdom literature. Uh, it is better to live in a desert. No. no. Hang on. I want to make sure that you are, I'm very clear. And Margie made sure that I was going to tell you that she put this scripture in here. Okay? So this is, this is Margie's part and its contribution to this. Uh, it's better to live in a desert than uh, desert land than with a quarrelsome and fretful woman. Okay, so not my words; these are my wife's. <laughs> all right, but how true is that? And, and this goes both. This goes uh, all, all different ways. If you if, you know those people that are just quarrelsome, they they just um, uh, they're, again they're just the ones that are stirring the pots. Uh, that's not who you want to live with. Okay, that's. Uh, it's not a peaceful lifestyle, let's put it that way. Okay? All right. 
clean, no vulgar or crass talk. Ephesians 5.4. Um, again, this is, these are, this is all throughout the New Testament. And so we're predominantly going through the epistles and the, uh, um, and the wisdom literature. Uh, Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. You ever had someone in the, in the workplace that tells a joke that they think really is funny? And it's, it's really crass and just completely and utterly out of place. And they don't have a clue that it was that way. All right? That, this is what we're talking about here. And <clears throat> um, my department pretty much runs on Mountain Dew and sarcasm. Uh, you know, uh, that's just, just kind of, you know, we, we're really, you know, we, we jab each other. You know, we spent last night, you know, going back and forth about, you know, uh, well, you know, Michigan trailed over these uh, Central Florida, and the Gators did really well. And you know, this was before UT uh, UT started. And I'm like, what what other games are there to watch today? So, <laughs> of course, we have a UT fan, and our but that 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 kind of thing is we we rib each other pretty good and so forth. But you know, uh, you, you know when something's crude, you know when something's just out of place and so forth. And it's just not something that we should be, you know, there's a time and a place for things, and there's not. That's, and, and, and if, you know, if you don't have a general sense of that, then there's not much I can do for you. Uh, you know, it is really just should be understood and well-known and so forth, uh, the place for things, okay? All right, Matthew, uh, I tell you, on the judgment day, people will give account for every careless word they speak. So again, silence works good here for me. All right, and you know, uh, <clears throat> I think, and actually, yeah, this is Jesus. Uh, uh, this is Jesus talking. So, you know, uh, this is how he sees it. Okay, so being um, thoughtful for our words, and a lot of what we've talked about so far is what things are not supposed to be. Okay, so let's talk about a few things uh, that we should do. Okay, as I like this a little bit better because you know I think every lesson needs to be what not to do and what to do. Okay, so let's talk about this for a minute. Grace-filled, edifying, building up. Okay, words that lift up and dispense grace to others. Ephesians four. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. How is this different than the crass talking that we were just talking about? It's, it's, it's opposite, right? When, when, you, when someone's usually telling a, a crass or uh, off-color joke or, or saying something that's tearing other people down, who are they usually pushing up themselves, right? and they're putting others down. This gets back to what we talked about last week, which is putting others before ourselves. And it's the same thing here. You know, having two daughters at college has really uh, made me think three or four times about anything that I put into a text message. Because I don't get a lot of communication with them anymore. Uh, once a week. You know, I usually, I, once a week, phone call, we actually made that a requirement, 
<laughs> uh, they each have their own time slot, and you know. So <laughs> but you know, texting and so forth. I don't always get that. But you know, um, it's made me think a lot about it. And what I'm going to communicate to my kids, it's going to be b positive and uplifting. Uh, the random act of kindness, or the uh, ran, uh, you know, just a random email, just saying, "Hey, I can't tell you how proud I am of you. You're doing fantastic. Way to go on German." So I, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to take German. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, and and Bethany's doing really well there. Kristen's doing really well, and I'm, you know, it, it, I, uh, for, I'm very blessed. I don't have to look far to find something positive to say say about what they're doing. But sometimes it's not about what they're doing. It's just about, hey, I've got your back. I'm your dad. If there's anything you need, I'm your man. Things like that. Those are, and it's made me think about it a lot more because the communication's gotten a little bit more rare. So that's what I think, you know, really is going to exemplify the, the, the positive building up, edifying, grace-filled speech. Uh, words that are sweet and heal others. In Proverbs, gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. This is written by David, um, and it's most likely uh, written, um, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Saul, I mean uh, Solomon, thank you. Sorry, it's written by Solomon, and uh, he doesn't have all that many uh, positive role models in his, in his life, you know? And I think he was hanging on gracious words uh, at the, at this top, uh, at this moment, you know, uh, I think that, uh, you know, he was a top dog and, uh, he had some good moments and some really bad moments. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I think he was kind of hanging on those things. Also words that are seasoned, uh, and crafted for whoever you have in front of you at that moment. Okay. And this is a, this is an interesting thing because, um, you might have to communicate the same thing to a group of people. And you can do it in a group this way, like we are here. But if I was given going through this lesson with someone individually, I might say things a little bit differently, depending on their situation. I'm going to craft them to be more specific to their situation. Um, and, and, and I think this is really something that, you know, um, uh, comes with gray hair. You know, it comes with, you know, some maturity. Uh, let's look in Colossians. It says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know uh, how you ought to answer each person. Now, I'm going to go back to my 20-something person, self. And when I read this, I'm like, you are not telling me what to say here. I need some more detail. Why, why do you think there's not as much detail there as to exactly what to say in each situation? It depends. It depends. Right. So <clears throat> I know for a fact that when I say good morning to a particular teacher at the school, if she replies good morning 
I'm like, I need to stop right there. I'm in good shape so far. She's not a morning person. She's clutching that coffee like it's her last desperate hope of a good day, right? So, so when, when, I talk, when I speak to her, I know, I, because I know her and because I've worked with her for five years, I know that I need to shut up at that moment. And if I were to go, hey, well, awesome, have a great day. She's like, mm. <laughs> you know, so and, and you could say that about a lot of it. But the more you're with someone, the more you spend time with them, the more, you know, do, do you do you speak to your wife in, in, in more fluent and better words now than you did in the, the first year you were married? I hope so. Uh, I, <laughs> dude, I hope so, too, man, because I just push on the spot. <laughs> and she's like, no. <laughs> uh, but you see what I'm saying is, is that you, you got, uh, the more you know someone, the more you spend time with them. And sometimes, like I said, that's just gray hair. It's just having spent time, w- uh, you know, in the, uh, you, you have a better sense of what people are going through in a natural, uh, in just kind of in the natural growth of things. So that's, that's somewhat the, what this is talking about there. Let's look at uh, words that are creative and spirit-filled. Again, this is some of Margie's input. Uh, Ephesians 5, speaking to one, one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, uh, singing, making uh, music in your heart to the Lord. You know, uh, having just a, uh, a lo- allowing yourself to be creative and, and to say something. Uh, in our family, this has demonstrated itself, uh, unfortunately, through puns. Uh, we, we, we do a lot of creative thinking in our, in our house uh, as it relates to that. And um, uh, it, it, it's become kind of a, and my dad actually started this, uh, where, you know, yeah, we do a lot of puns, a lot of funny things and so forth. But saying something with humor, um, all humor has an element of truth to it, or it's not actually humor. So there's got to be some sort of, topic or element of truth that you both agree on and then you're coming off of that which is what makes it funny so what happens when the person doesn't agree with that element of truth so if I tell if I tell a Baptist joke at a Presbyterian church that might fall flat or or you know just in in public it may fall flat you know, whether we talk about fried chicken, sitting in the back row, you know, they, see, each one of those has a kernel of truth with it, right? And that, that we understand as a, as a common, common truth. So, but uh, um, those are the, some of the things that, uh, you know, we're focusing on truth and speaking one another, psalms, hymns, songs of the spirit, singing, making music, melody, melody in your heart. I'm having a hard time not saying the King James Version here. So, <laughs> so and, and again, there's another element. Y'all understood that, and that's what makes it funny. And so uh, that's where, uh, a pot, you know, not just the, this is talking about the spirit, like the spirit of God, but also uh, a positive, funny spirit. Okay. Talk smart. Um, this is not your opportunity to quote something of, of, uh, of a vague uh, understanding or a, uh, um, this is not the, uh, the test for all things, uh, all, all, all facts that are not, not necessarily well known. 
All right, that's not what we're talking about here. What we're talking about is using your head. Uh, she opens her mouth with wisdom, and teaching kindness is on her tongue. Wisdom is applied knowledge, a knowledge that is being used to create a positive, forward-facing result, okay? Um, Proverbs 15.2, uh, look at the clock. Uh, the tongue is wise. Uh, uh, the tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pour out folly. The mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom, but the perverse tongue will, will be cut off. The lips of the righteous uh, know what is acceptable, uh, but the mouth of the wicked what is perverse. And you know, uh, in a, in a former life coming out of Independent Fundamental Baptist, uh, we loved a long set of rules, you know, of what to do and what not to do. Okay, we love that. Wisdom doesn't really work well with that because wisdom is an understanding of what the other person's needs are along with the Spirit of God. And so that doesn't necessarily make for a solid list of rules of do's and don'ts. Because sometimes you, you, you do want to do something in this situation, but don't want to do it in that situation. And the longer you spend with Scripture, the more you understand wisdom and how hard it is to, to find it. Um, and so this is, this is what we're talking about here. Wise and inspiring words is what you want to look at. And then also there's a gentle reproof when only when needed. Uh, Ephesians 4, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is, is the head into Christ. And then spoken uh, with right timing. A word uh, fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver, like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a, is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Okay? <clears throat> Main thing I want to say about this one is, and this is, this is these are some hard-fought and hard-learned lessons for me. Um, if someone's, the, one of the keys here is a listening ear. If someone's not receiving, you just need to stop trying. Okay? And, you know, wait for God to work on their heart. Because if they're not going to receive a word if they're a, a, of correction, um, then, then, you know, uh, there's very little you can do at that moment. Okay? Their heart has to be really ready. And found this out kind of with my kids uh, in a big way. You know, uh, they have... Um, uh, I have one that would just always say, but I still want to do this. And like, no, no, that's not the right thing. But I still want to do this. And it took a long time for her to come around. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but until they're ready to hear, they're not ready to, ready to change. Okay? Always be ready and gentle, humble, and respectful. Uh, in First Peter, uh, put in your hearts, uh, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for you to, to ask you to give them a reason for the hope that you have in you. Uh, but do this with gentleness and respect. Um, this is this is a huge evangelistic um, uh, verse, but I, you know uh, this is talking about the hope that's in you, which is Christ. All right. And it's not just 
this is not just evangelism, and this is not just to unbelievers. You know, it says everyone. That doesn't say that everyone that's an unbeliever. It's everyone, whether it's a believer or not. You'd be ready to give them, give them word of hope. So the conclusion, quickly, because we're running out of time. The source of communication is a tongue. The heart drives the tongue. And regarding, the tongue, uh, regarding your tongue, more of others, less of me. That's, the, that's a guiding principle that you can walk away with today. Okay? And then this is a daily prescription of how to, how to, how to even remotely start down this road. Right? Psalms, it says, Let the words of your mouth and the meditations of your heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And then the other prayer is, Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Because without God intervening here, we're all in trouble. Okay? So we have to go back to the source of good communication, which is going to be Christ within us. Thank <music> you.